0: Hey there, and welcome to the Smart and Simple Matters show with your host, Joel Zeslovsky. If you're feeling isolated, detached, or helpless, let's do something about that, huh? This is episode number 126. Hey, guess what? Thanks a freaking ton for listening to this episode and any other past episode you've cranked up. I have a son named Grant, but he is the only person I take for granted. If you're having deja vu right now, it's because I led into episode 110 in the same way. That one was a bit of an experiment that enough of you liked. That I'm going to do part two to see how it goes. Episode 110, if you didn't catch it or if you don't remember, who can remember these things anyway? Certainly not me and my leaky brain, unless I had a spreadsheet to tell me. It was titled, Dear Mindless Busy Consumer and Buyer of Fleeting Joy. And that one put me firmly into a realm I do not visit often, satire. Satire. I uh, recommend you give that episode a listen first if you haven't already. And you can find it at slash S A S M 110. I like to think it was good for some chuckles and also featured me holding up a mirror to a culture, maybe your culture as well, to see some unpleasant things reflected back at us. I could give you more preamble, but man, let's, let's just amble into a layer of context, shall we? Here we go. If you listened to episode 110 or read the show notes for that one, you'll remember how I read a tongue-in-cheek blog post in May 2013 on a Scientific American's website by a guy named Patrick Mustaine. It was called Dear American Consumers, Please Don't Start Eating Healthfully. Sincerely, The Food Industry. (laughs) Well, that's essentially what billions of marketing dollars are trying to say to you, me, and the children of the world, not to mention what thousands of corporate lobbyists are trying to convince our politicians of all across the world. I thought the blog post title and the article itself was just super duper clever, and I wished how I thought that I created something like that only for some topic other than food, I'm going to use Mustaine's satirical framework again to talk about another topic and read you another fake letter I wrote on behalf of people in industries that want to keep us isolated, detached, and helpless unless they help us, often in ways that only perpetuate a cycle of dependency and loneliness. As I did last time, I feel like it would be helpful for you to have a taste of what Patrick Mustaine wrote, so you can have some context. Here are some snippets of his fake letter from the food industry to all Americans. It's going to take a few minutes. It's worth it. Promise. So listen tight while I do my best take two dramatic interpretation of a spoken version of Patrick Mustaine's blog post. It goes like this. Dear Consumers a disturbing trend has come to our attention. You, the people, are thinking more about health and you're starting to do something about it. This cannot continue. Sure, there's always been talk of health in America. We often encourage it. The thing is, we only want you to think about and talk about health in a certain way, equating health with how you look instead of outcomes like quality of life and reduced disease risk. Your superficial understanding of health has a great influence over your purchasing decisions and we're ready for it. Whether you choose to go low-calorie, low-fat, gluten-free, or inevitably give up and accept the fact that you can't resist our Little Debbie snacks, potato chips, and ice cream novelties. Whatever the current health trend, we respond by developing and marketing new products. We can also show you how great some of our current products are and always have been. For example, when things were not looking so good for fat, our friends at Welsh's were able to point out that their chewy fruit snacks were a fat-free options. Low fat! Healthy! Then the tide turned against carbohydrates. Our friends in meat and dairy were happy to show that their steaks, meat, and cheeses were low-carb choices. Low carbs. Healthy. But we're getting uneasy. In 2009, Congress commissioned the Interagency Working Group to develop standards for advertising food to children. This IWG included the Federal Trade Commission, FTC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, the Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and the United States Department of Ag- Agriculture, USDA. Congress identified these organizations as having expertise and experience in child nutrition, child health, psychology, education, marketing, and other fields relevant to food and beverage marketing and child nutrition standards. We were dismayed when the IWG released its report in 2011. The guidelines said that foods advertised to children must provide a meaningful contribution to a healthful diet. This report was potentially devastating. These organizations, experts in nutrition, were officially outlining what constituted a meaningful contribution to a healthful diet. Thankfully, we have a ton of money and we're able to use it to get the IWG to withdraw the guidelines. In a public comment posted on the FTC website, our friends at General Mills pointed out that under the IWG guidelines, the most commonly consumed foods in the U.S. would be considered unhealthy. Specifically, according to General Mills, of the 100 most commonly consumed foods and beverages in America, 88 would fail the IWG's proposed standards. So you see, if you people start eating the way the nutrition experts at the CDC and USDA recommend that you eat, that would delegitimatize almost 90% of the products we produce. Do you realize how much money that would cost us? According to the General Mills letter, if everyone in the U.S. started eating healthfully, it would cost us $503 billion per year. That might affect our ability to pay CEOs like General Mills' Ken Powell annual compensation of more than $12 million as of 2013. But revamping the food environment will also cost you money. The General Mills letter stated a shift by the average American to the I.W.G. diet would conservatively increase the individual's annual food spending by $1,632. Sure, we've heard talk about costs to the individual that arise from being obese. One 2010 paper from George Washington University School of Public Health and Health Services estimated that the annual cost to an individual for being obese can be upwards of $8,000. We like to think of this as a small price to pay for consumer freedom. Of course, we don't necessarily want you to be unhealthy. It's just, it's so much more profitable to provide foods that happen to be unhealthy. We've been able to industrialize the food system so that we can produce massive amounts of the cheapest ingredients available in the cheapest, most efficient way possible. On top of that, we understand human biology Humans evolved in situations in which food was scarce. This led to an evolutionary adaptation that causes you to crave salty, sugary, and fatty foods. Who wouldn't play upon that biological craving to increase profits? If one company didn't, their competitors would, so we all kind of have to do it. We are also able to provide you with perceived value, because it doesn't cost us that much more to make a soda, say, 42 ounces instead of 22 ounces, we can almost double the size of the beverage and only charge you 20% more. How can you resist a deal like that? You can't. Trust us. We know. So you see, dear consumer, everything is fine. We've got a good thing going here. There's no need for you to start worrying about the industrial food system. If you do start thinking about your weight check out one of our Healthy Choice frozen meals. If that doesn't work, our friends over in the pharmaceutical industry, the health and fitness industry, and the healthcare industry will be happy to help you continue to fulfill your role as an American consumer. The end, at least of my creative reinterpretation of that blog post. Pretty neat in a sad and kind of funny because it's true way, eh? So let's see, what would a letter from, as far as I know, the mythical president at the rugged individualist society sound like? What would it feel like if someone wanted to convince you to keep doing what you're doing against your own best interests and that of our broader society or the whole world? I have drafted a letter from the fictional president, at the Rugged Individualist Society, and I'd like to read it for you in a moment. It comes from Soli Mick Solison, and it took considerable messaging to create. Now, of course, Soli and everyone else at the Society didn't get together in person or even virtually to create this. No, no, no. It was started by a junior associate in the Bureau of Helplessness. Then it went to the supervisor of Gritted Teeth Survival. Then it was passed along to the senior manager of Loneliness, who further passed it along to the vice president for Toughness above all else. And finally, to Soli, the president. This is all done via email, of course, because they wouldn't even agree to use a collaborative tool to share their outline or edits. And yes, Soli and the rest of the people at the Rugged Individualist Society realize the irony of being in something called a society when all they really want is to be left alone and not have to engage with each other. Ahem. Dear isolated, detached, and helpless individual, please don't begin meaningfully connecting with your family, new friends, or people in your local community. We know you've noticed. What a good thing we have going on in our society. Between the survivalists who refuse to depend on anyone except themselves for darn near everything to the quiet gentlemen and ladies who can create 20 years' worth of canned produce for their immediate family and their immediate family alone, I'd say our founding charter is alive and well. Uh, Well, at least as far as we can tell. We haven't surveyed our members in years, and almost nobody has paid us their dues in months because, eh, feels like a burden to them. Maybe they just forgot our address, or maybe something else is going on. Something sinister. We've heard the rumors that some people out there, we can't name names, because we don't know anyone else, really. Some people out there are working towards joyful communities, that are based on cooperation instead of competition. We know. (laughs) It makes us sick to think about it as well. We prefer to believe that we can get rid of our problems by projecting them onto the nameless, faceless horde outside of our gates. Does it work, you say? Probably, but we honestly don't know. We never go outside the gates to find out. And what's this nonsense we hear about something called the economy of human connection? (laughs) If the rumors are true, some people are actually putting the needs of people before the importance of the profit we can make from those same people. They want the marketplace to be for more than just financial transactions. They want social transactions to occur as well. (laughs) (laughs) Can you believe that? While they get high and mighty and fancy talking about things like making the leap from me to we, we here at the Rugged Individualist Society prefer to reserve reciprocity for our pets and prefer our care in self-care form. Okay, uh, there was that one time where our senior vice president got some care from a nurse when she thought she was going to die of loneliness. Die of loneliness? You better believe that VP went mad and was promptly removed from her position in our organization. We've also got word of some research and studies that say you're a lot more likely to die if you don't belong to any local groups and that richness thrives in community, we're taking this gobbledygook seriously, even if there's nothing to believe here. Individual lawsuits have been filed against the perpetrators of this misinformation campaign, and our lawyers assure us that they'll be filing a lot more lawsuits very soon. If you're going to talk to other humans, or if, goodness gracious, you have to Ask for help. At least have the decency to ask for help with a sense of shame or arrogance. Either someone has power over you, or you have power over them. Pay no attention to the namby-pamby chorus of complainers against our society who say that asking for help with gratitude implies that people have the power to help each other. Power is paramount and always flowing between two people. We suggest you figure out how to have it flow your way if you don't want the burden of owing someone something that they can just dangle over your head and maybe even wait years to collect on. If all this is making you sad, please don't tell anyone. You do not want your sorrows to be known by anyone else because then they might try to give you empathy, compassion, just plain old lighten your load with some coffee and a listening ear. Disgusting. Community thrives on a collective willingness to share what's vulnerable, intimate, and personal. So make sure you starve the beast. Community, collective... Does anyone else have a bad taste in their mouth just reading those words? If you have to ask and you have to talk to someone, just do it with a stranger you'll never see again. At least you know that stranger would rather push you down a flight of stairs than give you the time of day. That will help you think twice before you open your yapper again. So you see, dear isolated, detached, and helpless individual, we're good here. There's no need for you to form or keep any meaningful human connection. We've evolved past that point in our human story, and we're doing splendid by ourselves. Don't you think? No. Uh, Seriously. Tell us what you think. We haven't heard anything from anyone in a long time, and we're worried that our phones and internet are going to be turned off soon because society members like you won't pay your dues to help us keep the misunderstanding, miscommunication, and loneliness alive. Sincerely, you're kind of not so much pseudo-maybe-in-a-million-years friends at the rugged individualist society who will deny our acquaintance relationship or that we even know you, if anyone asks. All right. Which letter was the funniest or one that was a little too close to the truth or reality for you? Was it the original one by Patrick Mustaine from the food industry, my letter from Citizens Against Quiet, Idle Hands, and Saving in episode 110, or this letter from the Rugged Individualists Society? You are always invited to describe what you felt when you heard each letter in the show notes at com slash sasm126 and if you're feeling like writing your own fake letter that is dangerously close to what you see on a day-to-day basis just go long form in the show no comments if you like you can write one on your blog deliver one on your podcast or even email it to me i'm at joel at joelziszlavsky.com as long as i'm aware of what you created and if it's good I might even feature it in a follow-up episode to this one if I get the satire bug again. Now, for the record, I don't give hat tips while reading the letters because that would be kind of weird, but I do want to give hat tips to some smart people whose words I paraphrased in a comedic way. You're going to see links in the show notes to some of the books and podcasts or episodes that influenced the wonderfully fake letter that I spoke for you. You can find links to all that stuff, topic timestamps, takeaways, and some general niftiness in the show notes. Those are at com slash sasm126. You will also see information in the show notes about how to support me, this show, and the community around this Smart and Simple Matters thing. That is at com slash support. If you're having trouble with my last name, it's Z-A-S-L-O-F-S-K-Y. As for this Smart and Simple Matters episode, if you got something out of it, maybe you just generally dig the show, I encourage you to share it. I know I'm not just one more human that you randomly listen to, and you are not just someone who downloads my show. We are part of a community maybe many communities, and I value you. You can reciprocate some love today with just a word about this episode. Simple and easy, right? You have just listened to the Smart and Simple Matters podcast with Joel Zaslavsky. Now go simplify something. Hug someone or get your sexy spreadsheet on.